Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. So happy you could join us today. We made it to February. Yay! (laughs) And despite various groundhog reports, that means spring is on its way, eventually, because what they say never quite happens. Well, it's Canada. There's always six more weeks of winter, (laughs) right? But always. Uh, We have a great show for you today. If you're looking for a career, we're kicking off uh, the show talking to Jordan Sheridan, the general manager of Modern Workplace at Microsoft Canada. And he's going to tell us about some of the trends impacting the sales profession right now, as well as the skills gap and labor market shortage that exists in the profession. When Galen Leslie found a gap in the skincare market, mm-hmm. she switched career goals and started a company. And we're going to find out how we can protect our skin naturally this winter, which she did mm-hmm. as the founder of Crawford Street Skincare, and how a severe allergic reaction to a commercial brand of face moisturizer changed everything for her and many others. Absolutely. Film critic Anne Brody gives us the lowdown on what to watch and what to avoid at the movies as well as on TV. And to RRSP or not RRSP? That is the question. And we will be asking certified financial planner and founder of Life Coach Financial Strategies, Renee Rabello, to give us the answer. Nutritionist and personal trainer Kirsten Bedard will tell us about her new book called Read This Before You Diet. And Juno Award-winning folk trio Good Lovelies joins us ahead of their new album release. I had no idea they've been together for 11 years now, Kate. We'll have to ask them what their secret is. Well, don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and check out our website, that's whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can watch videos, read blogs, and you can download our iTunes podcast and listen to past shows, as well as sign on to our VIP list for contests and giveaways. Oh, my. Do you think we'll be together for 11 years? Uh, it's coming up to four, babe, and, yeah. and many, many years before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a quick break now, but don't go anywhere. What she said, we'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Saturday night at the movies, don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, that <laughs> no. does I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy, who loves a good film. We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. This is 105.9 The Region. guest is Jordan Sheridan, the general manager of Modern Workplace at Microsoft Canada. Jordan, welcome to What She Said. Thank you. So why don't you start off by describing your role at Microsoft? Uh, My role at Microsoft is basically a, a sales leader of a team across the country that is devoted to telling our customers all about our modern workplace solution set. And that's basically anything that you would need for your productivity, collaboration, and security for any of the the frontline workers in your organization. Okay, so sales doesn't seem to be that high on most people's lists when it comes to careers, but you say it should be. Absolutely. And I mean, we think that one of the reasons that sales isn't high on people's career lists is just it's not something that we're telling people about in school to start with. It's the kind of profession that a lot of people tend to fall into as opposed to plan to actually head into. 
And uh, how, how do you how do you see that changing? I mean, what do we need to be doing to encourage people to make that decision? Well, I think it's it's all about education to start. And you know, if you think about the the programs that people are entering school for today, you're entering for your you know your Bachelor of Arts, your Bachelor of Science. People are thinking about MBAs. And they're all towards the gaining of that education. The professions that come out the other side of it, very rarely are people saying sales as the profession that they're training themselves mm-hmm. towards. Mm-hmm. So we think that part of where you start is right back at the beginning of the educational and the post-secondary educational system of having sales-related material and sales-related credentials actually part of post-secondary acumen. Well, job satisfaction is high in sales. That surprised me because I would think it would be like a, a terrible grind. I mean... It, it, you're certainly going to do your work on a daily basis, um, and you know, gone are the days where uh, where you know sales is about hitting the golf course on Friday afternoon at lunch. Ah. Um, that said, I, I mean, I personally believe I've been in sales for 23 years now. And I believe that one of the reasons that satisfaction is so high is because the people that are in sales are there because they love what they're doing. And How did you get into it? Uh, you know, interestingly, you fell into it. we fell into it. We, we've talked about this with the with the CPSA folks, and you know, I, I'm I'm a prime example of what we're trying to trying to mature beyond, right? Which is to make it intentional. Um, I started off as a as a technical support specialist at Microsoft, and my job was literally to be in the office from about 11 a.m. till about 9 p.m. at night, answering phone calls when people when something was broken. Um, I had an affinity for dealing with people. I enjoyed helping them solve problems, and that kind of led into more and more people interaction, which, lo and behold, I found myself in sales. Now, you mentioned the CPSA. That's the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Correct. Right? Yeah. Now, they have an event, uh, the Future of Sales, yeah. the Trends, Skills, Gap, and Roadmap to 2025. Now, you're on the advisory council. So tell us about what some of the trends are that are impacting the sales profession right now. Well, I, I think it's it's that gap that, that we're talking about that is kind of the trend. It's it's an interesting dichotomy when you think about the job satisfaction. You said it's over 90%, and it is. Yet, over half of the sales jobs that are out there posted at any given time, the employers would say that they're having trouble finding qualified candidates. Right. And that's really one of the focuses of the of the the work that the CPSA is doing and of that event is to try to to try to bring those two together. How do we get more qualified candidates coming out of our educational programs and actually entering the workforce with sales credentials? so that we can match them up with the with the open roles that are out there. Well, as the workplace shifts and some jobs sort of come in and out and other jobs that were at the bottom of the totem pole go up and everything's sort of changing, uh, we're looking at Amazon's new model um, where it seems salespeople are being swept out of stores. So walk um, in, grab your stuff, walk out. <laughs> so uh, so how, how does that fit into your vision? It, it's interesting, and it's in a question that we get a lot. You're talking about AI and, and mm-hmm. the, the rise of automation of all kinds, and what will that mean for sales in the future? I, I do think that absolutely there's an element of sales that will become very transactional and is very transactional today. And the more more time goes by, the more that we will see automation allow that to be something that just doesn't require people to be a part of it. Um, you know, the, the example that you cited is, is a good one, that people are trying different things there. I do think, however, there is an entirely other element of sales, especially enterprise sales, where mm-hmm. it will still very much be a person-to-person conversation. So we hear that conversation a lot of, will AI take away my job? Will, you know, will automation take it all away? I think the answer is absolutely not. I think for the enterprise sellers that we're talking about, AI will augment their role. It'll allow them to make some of the more mundane parts of their jobs that that much easier. It will allow them to become better prepared, to better research the customers that they're talking to, to be able to have those true kind of challenger discussions that you want to be out having. Um, but in no way do I think that, that automation will be taking away uh, jobs from sales So the CPSA is releasing the report, the yeah. new sales DNA. Yes. So what are the key findings from that report? Well, the report's not out yet, but some of the findings are, are exactly that. Um, you know, one is that the, the job satisfaction in sales is very high, uh, up over 90%. Uh, a lot of it is the findings are geared around the notion that sales managers today would absolutely 
invest more in education if they could, if they knew the programs that were out there to invest in, and that sales managers very much are seeing that gap in the people that are entering the workforce today not having the kind of sales skills that they look to be hiring So do you want to see an accreditation process put into place for salespeople? Absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that we've been working on with the CPSA as part of that advisory board is the creation of an accreditation program, which would do two things. It's for the people that are in school today, you know, working with the with the academic institutions to create uh, parts of the curriculum that would actually allow them to get that accreditation coming out of school. And the second is working with the existing employers and the people that are out there to work that into the training programs that many of those organizations are running. Well, it's so true because they do have marketing programs, but they don't really have sales programs. Absolutely. And there are different kinds of sales. And for somebody to know where they should sort of be heading, what characteristics, personal characteristics, would you... Mm -hmm would you look for uh, or would you say would be consistent with people who should be in sales? I mean, I, I think, you know, the one that drew me to it is the one that, that's nearest and dearest, obviously, and that's the, the, the love of being with people and interacting with people on a daily basis. If you, if you don't enjoy doing that, it's, it's definitely not the career for you. Um, the tenacity that's involved in the, you know, the, like you said, there is some grind in, in some, of the, some of the elements mm -hmm. of, of a sales role. Um, the tenacity to be able to stick with it and to be able to see something through to its end, that ability to, to be with and empathize with people and really try to understand and care about understanding the problem that they have and, and have that genuine desire to help solve them. And to be able to, I think, all, also to see ahead in the company that you you work for because everything is changing and sometimes things change on a dime. Like really, like when you're talking about um, Microsoft's modern workplace, that's mm -hmm. different than, than how we are probably thinking of what it is that you're selling. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you think just even over the last couple of years, the, the shift from, you know, somebody saying, here's a productivity tool and, you know, how can I help you, you know, literally type letters into a screen? Mm -hmm. That's not something that anybody needs to be selling anymore. People want to understand what can you bring me as a productivity solution that helps unleash the creativity within my workforce? How can I take advantage of the fact that there are different generations in the workforce and they all think and act and collaborate differently? What's mm -hmm. the tool set that you can bring to bear to actually help me unlock that and really help increase the productivity and the collaboration in my organization? So Jordan, should we be sending any prospective sales people to, to apply for a job with you and get trained by you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm always looking to have great salespeople uh, come into our Do you have a good training program? We have an excellent training program, all the way from the um, from the college hires that we talked about, uh, yeah. our mock program, as we call it, all the way through to a seasoned sales professional who was coming into the organization. So Microsoft would, in fact, have a program that they could help colleges that might implement an accreditation process? I mean, we, we do. We work with the colleges to bring people in to give them that experience that they're looking for. But we're also looking to, to folks like the CPSA to create those industry mm -hmm. standards that then we in turn could adopt so that, you know, you would see someday a Microsoft job posting that the bottom says, we're looking for a BA, for example, and a CPSA the accreditation. Yeah. That's, so that's, have, where can people go to, to learn more about the process and find the reports when it comes out? Uh, the CPSA's website, along with the, the, uh, the new sales DNA that will be, that will be released. Um, there'll be a lot of great information in there. Okay, and the CPSA, again, stands for the, the Canadian Professional Sales, sales Association. Association. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming in and explaining this. I did not know that there was a gap in sales. No, I didn't either. But I've never heard of anybody going and saying, I just got my BA in sales. Yeah. Or my postgrad in sales. So you're right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is What She Said on 105.9 The Region, and we will be right back. When Candace Derricks tells people where to go, they listen. Hmm. An all-inclusive is sounding pretty nice right now. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see food and travel and exactly, what else. Exactly, right? There's nothing else in life. It's food and no. travel as far as I'm concerned. So you want to do all your investigation up front. These are really, really, really good tips. Pleasantville is on our bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> We've got expert travel tips and tricks from Candace at lifeinpleasantville.com. Weekends on What She Said Talk. 
Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This substance is in your homes. You and your children consume it all the time. It's directly correlated with the top three health issues in North America. Heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And it's prevalent in many food items. It finds its way into our staple dishes that most of us believe to be healthy. It's sugar. It's likely stopping you from being the best you. At Turf Athletic Club, we take a whole body approach to your health. Come see us at 31 Jevlin Drive in Vaughn. We can help you become the best version of yourself. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Welcome back. Now, we all know the Canadian winters can wreak absolute havoc on our skin. And joining us now is the founder of Crawford Street Skincare, Galen Leslie, who is going to tell us how we can protect our skin, but in a natural way this winter. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think this particular winter has been crucial mm. because when it goes to minus 30 or 40 with wind chill, that furnace is going and we're drying out. We're, we're baking at 250. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you founded your company in 2010 after you had an allergic reaction to a face moisturizer. What happened? Well, um, actually, two things happened around the same time. Um, I was working as a journalist. So my first career was as a journalist. I was a television producer um, for many years, and I was working in investigative television. And I was starting to do more and more stories about environmental health. So I was looking into things like chemicals in our everyday environments. I was working on a show called Marketplace at CBC. Mm -hmm. And um, so we were looking at consumer products that contained chemicals that we really weren't aware of that the products were in, that the chemicals were in the products. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, as I was doing a lot of that research and interviewing a lot of experts, about the chemicals that were in the products in our homes, I also had an allergic reaction to a face cream that I was using. It was just a drugstore brand face cream, um, but I had a severe allergic reaction to it, and as a result, my skin was very, very sensitive afterward, and I found I couldn't use any kind of moisturizer. And my skin was getting drier and drier, and I was complaining to a friend one day, that there was, I couldn't find a moisturizer that um, didn't make my skin react. And she said, well, why don't you make your own moisturizer? And I looked at her and I said, who makes their own face cream? I mean, really? <laughs> um, and she said, well, it can't be that hard, can it? I mean, you like to cook and I do. I like to cook. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, maybe she's right. And being a journalist, I love research. So I started to do a lot of research. And um, I ordered some books through Amazon that came from the UK because in the UK and in Europe, they were way ahead of us when it came to natural skincare products. Mm -hmm. um, so I ordered a few books and they came and in the books were a few recipes and I started to try them out. So when it comes to... Um creating a company which is amazing that you've taken like one set of skills and turned them into another to help everybody and their skin um how hard is it to bring a line like this because of all the different health regulations and there must have been a minefield to to wade through for you well the funny thing is is if your ingredients are natural it's a little bit easier um, because these are all ingredients that anybody would recognize. Um, so you're not using uh, chemicals that Health Canada might have on, say, their banned list. Mm -hmm. um, or combinations of chemicals that may have a reaction. That's right. That's right. right. Exactly. So Did you ever find out what it was? 
what chemical yes. it was? <laughs> well, in fact, I went to see uh, an allergist who specialized in chemical sensitivities, and she gave me a list of about 15 chemicals that I was allergic to. But most of them were, when I went and looked at what they were, many of them were formaldehyde derivatives, which are mm. used as preservatives mm. in a lot of Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So then do you have to refrigerate some of these products to keep them fresh that you're making with Crawford Street? Yes or? and no. We... Uh, we refrigerate all of the products before they get shipped out or sent mm -hmm. to a store. They Most of the products have a shelf life of, I'd say, six to ten, ten months or so, some longer than that. Um, but, yes, you have to treat them the way you do organic food. I mean, Once you, you open it? Once, or is it? You have to consume it quickly. Right. Is how, mm -hmm. how I say And you'll find, if you start using natural products, that you will consume them quickly. They don't. They don't hang around as long as something that maybe you buy at the drugstore. Well, tell us about um, Crawford Street. You've brought in some some things, and I must say they look beautiful. Thank you. Um, and these are all things that are going to help keep us moisturized and nice and soft. Yes. Well, I, in fact, I always tell people that when I'm formulating a new product, I formulate it for me. I don't think, what does everybody else want? I think, what do I want in a, mm -hmm. a moisturizer, let's okay. say. And so when I was creating the Beauty Balm, for example, the Beauty Balm is this product here. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason we call it a balm is because it really is more like a balm than a cream. Most creams are just made up of water, oil, and some kind of emulsifier that keeps those two things together. Right. And a light moisturizer is going to have a lot of water in it and a little bit of oil. But the Beauty Balm has a lot of oil and a little bit of water. And a little bit of beeswax holds it all together. So that moisturizer is going to be super hydrating. The beeswax is going to be a little bit protective. So if you like to do outdoor sports or you're outside in the winter walking a dog, that type of thing, mm -hmm. this is a great moisturizer because the beeswax is going to protect your skin and keep the um, keep the moisture in your skin and keep the environment and the cold away. So would this be for your face or would this be, let's say, for your lips? Yes. No, for your face. You could use it on your lips. Um, people find that if they get really chapped skin, mm -hmm. it works wonderfully to take that away. Um, it's very repairing. It has rosehip oil in it, which is a very uh, cellular repairing oil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and let's talk about the um, facial oil. Yes. The facial oil is like a serum. Do you know, do you mm -hmm. use a serum? I do, yes. Yeah, so it's very similar to a serum. It's all oils, no water. Um, it will penetrate the skin very quickly, get below that initial layer of your skin and plump up the skin. So it's going to help with uh, reducing fine lines. It's gonna add a lot of moisture to your skin. A lot of people will use the oil underneath their moisturizer, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the winter when you want a little bit of extra moisture. And you've also, there's a mineral bath, um, which is lovely looking, beautiful pink bath salts. There's a body oil. There's a body lotion. And what's this one at the end? This is a new product. It's called Savon. It's a hand and body wash. So it's basically a liquid soap that's made mm -hmm. with natural um, products derived from coconut to give it that soapy, sudsy feel, but without using sod sodium lauryl sulfate, which you may know is on the banned list. Sodium mm -hmm. lauryl sulfate is something that makes shampoos um, and body washes bubbly. But uh, it's also um, extremely harsh and, and hard on your skin, and um, a lot of people are very sensitive to it. Well, something that uh, people use every day is deodorant, mm -hmm. and you have a natural deodorant. That was one of our first products. Because um, I sometimes wonder about that white stuff. <laughs> you know, what is it? <laughs> well, uh, my mother had breast cancer, so I was very aware of the deodorant that I was using. Um, so one of the first products I created was a natural deodorant. What are what's the short list of things that are in everything here? You mean ingredients? Yes. The oils that we use in our products are mainly coconut oil, avocado oil, apricot kernel oil, uh, sweet almond oil, and then some thicker oils like evening primrose, rosehip, uh, argan oil. Uh, those are the most common oils that we use in all of our products. And they, they, they look and they smell and they feel absolutely wonderful. I mean, did you ever think that you would have your own, I mean, 
company like this. No, I never, I never ever thought I would have my own company. I was very committed to being a journalist for a long time. Yeah. yeah. What has the demand been like? I, I imagine it's huge. It's growing and growing every day. And in fact, we rebranded our products recently because more and more of our customers are asking for environmentally friendly packaging. Yeah. So we moved all of our products from plastic to glass um, as part of our rebranding. And our labels are now all um, recyclable as well. And I see, yeah. I mean, it's, they're they're beautiful. So where where do we where can we find this? We're online, mm-hmm. so you can find us at Crawford Street Skincare online, and you can also find a list of retailers on our website uh, across the country. I think we need you need to have a subscription service. Maybe you do, where it yep. just comes every four months. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Crawford Street, and again, it's Crawford Street Natural Skincare. Um, it's based out of Toronto. It's based out of Toronto, yes, on all Crawford Canadian, Street. On Crawford Street, yes. all Canadian, uh, very, very cool, and congratulations. Thank you very much. This is what she said. Stay with us. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Guten Tag, it's me, Gunther, the German Shepherd, on the radio again to tell you that Troop Vet in Richmond Hill is the best place to get everything you need for your pets. Scrumptious treats, strong leashes, and the toys I love. Find them at Troop Pet in Richmond Hill or online at trooppet.ca. Jawohl! The Spark of Markham. CFMS 105.9. The Region. Saturday night at the movies. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our film critic Anne Brody. So what should we be watching for this weekend? Well, you'll never believe this, but it's true. There's only one film opening. Only one film? <laughs> only one film. This Winchester. Week- really? Winchester. Yes. Oh, the Helen oh. Mirren spooky thing. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I've seen... Have you trailers, seen, yes. Yeah. And, and I wasn't you looked sure. up the house at all? No. Look on my Facebook page. This woman, the widow of the man who founded the Winchester Rifle Company, uh, moved away from, to Connecticut, from Connecticut to San Jose and built a house. Well, she was building rooms to trap the spirits who were vengeful of the people who died from a Winchester rifle. Not only that, a spiritualist told her that she, as long as she kept building this house, she'd live. So she had it renovated every day, all day, for 30 year, 38 years. <gasps> this place is a... It, it, and I've actually had a couple of friends who've been there, and they, they say it's really scary. So this is a horror film with Helen Mirren. Um, very scary. Was she insane, or, was, uh, or, or did she really... I, mean, I think she believed this spiritualist... Um, it's hard to know. I, I mean, I, I don't no, know. I have to but, read, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on Wikipedia and read about the uh, Winchester Mystery House, they call it, and they do tours. So it's kind of fun. Things like 10,000 windows, um, 47 fireplaces, doors that go nowhere, stairs that go nowhere, all meant to confuse the ghosts, and one working toilet. And so what happened? As long as there's one. (laughs) So she had family, so they were stuck with this. No, she 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 had no family. Oh, um, distant relatives finally got it, and I think it was sold much later. She died in the uh, uh, turn of the last century, and it's now, it's beautiful. She had Tiffany doing all her windows. Tiffany himself, Louis Comfort, 
she had the top of everything. She had the first working shower in North America. So that's Winchester. Okay, okay, so they turn it into a horror film, and a doctor comes to stay with her, and he gets caught up with all these dead spirits. Well, so. Helen Mirren is worth watching in anything. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Also worth watching is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, it's so, have you seen it? I have seen part of it. Yeah, I've just started. Oh, so I've just started. To, I'm just hooked. Isn't it delightful? Yeah, it is. This great girl, Rachel Brosnahan, who's got an extensive career mm-hmm. um, in theater and, and TV, as a matter of fact. She plays sort of a Phyllis Diller, Joan Rivers type, mm-hmm. uh, born into money, um, who's who grooms her husband to become a stand-up comedian way back in the 50s. He's no good. He leaves her for somebody else. She realizes that she's very funny, winds up on stage half-dressed, half-drunk, <laughs> spills her guts about her husband, and someone says, I'm going to make you a star. So that's just the first episode, basically. But, it's the same team as the Gilmore Girls, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So and you'll see some of those yeah. same faces and the, the mm-hmm. language, the use of language. Uh, not only that, but the 50s costumes are out of this world and the 50s settings. Like, she's quite wealthy. She's got this fabulous apartment on Park Avenue. And yeah, you just die for it. It's all pink and blue. and ah. oh, She likes that one. <laughs> um, what about the American experience, the Gilded Age? Oh, boy. This is a really, really fine documentary just on its own by uh, Mark Samuels. And he's actually doing another one coming up co- called The Bombing of Wall Street, which happened in the 1890s, which I knew nothing about. And it, it was a sort of terrorist thing. Anyway, that's coming up. They do really good documentaries. The Gilded Age is about the time of the Carnegies, um, J.P. Morgan, the uh, Vanderbilts, and how those 4,000 families owned... of the wealth in America. Wealth, not wealth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how they oppressed their workers and there were were labor uh, movements starting. And at the height of this, um, Carnegie went and reduced his people's wages. So there was a riot, 16 people killed. Anyway, it looks at the, the very wealthy and the very poor and how these movements and the social justice started in industrial America. Very good. Complicit? Oh, that's good. It's on Sundance Canada. It's it's 2013. I'd never heard of it before, but it's David Oyelowo, very, very good actor, who was in uh, Selma. So he plays a British agent who goes to find an Englishman living in e- Egypt. He thinks he's he's making ricin with a local castor bean farmer. Um, he can't prove it. He has a feeling in his gut. He hires a guy to torture him. He confesses. And then the agent, David Oyelowo, is, loses his job. This guy walks free. It's, and it's so, you know, torture. Should we use it? Shouldn't we? It's really clever. And, and before we go, um, Schitt's Creek is back. I saw your interview with Dan. It was so yeah. cute. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I missed that. There was Caesars in that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's too bad. Um, I wasn't on board because it was so over the top for so long. But all of a sudden, I, I just can't get enough. And I'm catching up on three and a half seasons. So. Oh, I think it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it's so great to watch. Yeah, it's great. But thanks so much for keeping us in the loop. Oh, my pleasure. And as always, you can just go on our website and get way more because we never have enough time. Yeah, there's a couple more too. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. <laughs> Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. All right, listeners, we're live downtown with a terrorist organization who's selling delicious chocolate almonds to raise money for their upcoming attack. 
If you have a sweet tooth or a love for senseless violence and tragic destruction, you can help support terrorists all across the world from your own backyard. But if you can't make it down, you can still do your part for terrorists by purchasing some contraband cigarettes. Profits from contraband cigarettes support terrorist organizations. Stop the violence and call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Remember, you stay anonymous. Criminals don't. 1059 The Region, growing with you and your family. or not to RSP? That is the question. Joining us now is certified financial planner and founder of Life Coach Financial Strategies, Renee Rebelo. Welcome to what she said. Hello, ladies. Welcome. Thank you. So get this. Just this week, a Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce poll came out. And according to that poll, 65% of Canadians don't seek expert advice to get retirement ready. And 39% see no point in investing in an RSP. So that means we should probably start off with what is an RSP? Yes, actually, it's great that you started with those um, statistics because most people don't have RSPs or haven't planned for their retirement. So a lot of times people don't even understand what an RSP is. So our RSP is an acronym for Registered Retirement Savings Plan. So it is uh, just the short form. And quite honestly, I'll have to say I'm not a big fan of them. So it's kind of interesting that only 39% said that they didn't like them because I don't actually like them either. And Why I'm don't a you like them? Planner. I think that they are suited for some people and not for everybody. Unfortunately, we've been programmed that RSPs or retirement savings plans are for everybody and they're not for everybody. There's certain people that should have them and certain people that shouldn't based on their taxation situation. Well, the doctrine always was put the money in when you're at a high tax rate because you're you're not taxed on that money and take it out at a lower tax rate when you're older and one would presume yep. and so you'll pay less tax. Correct. So you, what, what are you saying to that? That is absolutely true. But there's tax brackets that they might end up being the other way around. So they do need to look at not just the the tax return, because if you're looking for a savings plan to get the lump, lump sum, there's other things you can be doing than putting it into RSPs, where putting it in, you might get 30% back, but taking it out, you might pay 32%. And this is where those people are not ideal for a RRSP. So that is looking at your marginal tax rate. So online you can Google marginal tax rate and look at your income and it'll tell you the percentages of tax that you pay on your your income. And there's certain tax brackets that just shouldn't do it. So typically I say to people, if you're making, you know, under between 75 and 85, you probably shouldn't be doing RSPs. There's other things you can do that can lower your tax payable that you can utilize because later when you are in retirement, you're hoping you'll be at a 20% tax bracket, but that may not be the case if you're a good saver. But if you have an RSP, what happens to it when you retire? So when you retire, you convert it into what's called a RIF. So a lot of people don't understand that an RSP goes into a RIF and a RIF is a retirement income fund. Okay, so we go from the savings plan to the income fund. So what's the difference? So what happens then? So a RIF means that you need to take payments out every year. You can take a monthly, quarterly, yearly, however you take them, but you have to take them. The government dictates that you need to start taking them at age 72. So when people are looking at old age security, when they're looking at CPP, and now all of a sudden you're having to take your RIF out too, you can see how some people could even end up, if you have a pension, with clawbacks on your OAS, the old age security. I always tell people, do you want to get an income from your savings, or do you want to get an income from the government, or do you want me to teach you how you can have both? I want both. I want both. Most people do, (laughs) but they don't think that if they sit down with someone that they'll know to do that. So am I a proprietor of RSPs? I think it's for some people, not for everyone. Now, also, commuting your pension, pros and cons, what does that yeah. mean? So a lot of people have pension plans. I see a lot of clients who have OMERS and all kinds of pension mm-hmm. plans. And today's day, in the in years ago, you never touched your pension. You never even looked at commuting it. So commuting it means to transfer it out of the pension plan. Oh, 
I did. Yes. And once you do that, there's many pros and cons to not being able to do that. So some of the pros are you now own the money. You can control how much income you have as long as you don't risk it high. You know, that this is your paycheck, so you don't want to take on high risk. But I, I moved it to an RSP. Correct. So I moved it from one sheltered thing to another. Right. But I have control over it. Now you have control over because it. Because they told me that they couldn't tell me what was in it. That's right. <laughs> they can't. And you can leave it as part of your estate to your heirs. So I had one client who retired. He had over a million in his pension. We converted it out of the pension into an RSP and some non-registered. We paid the tax. And then his wife, so he died, and then his wife died within six months of him. Had that been in the pension, the pension would be gone. But because it wasn't, it went to the kids. So that's a big deciding factor when it comes to pensions also. If you're retiring younger, you're 53, you probably should stick with the pension only because it's guaranteed for life and you'll probably still be working. So there's lots of things, but again, it's per individual. So, and this is something that you can help People, people when they come to you, That's whether correct. it's an RSP or not. So how do they get in touch with you? They can get in touch with me through my website, so mm-hmm. mylcfs.ca. They can call me at the office. I'm on Facebook under Life Coach Financial Strategies, mm-hmm. and I have a secret group. I also do a have... A secret group? I Ooh. do. <laughs> we I love secret secrets. Group. And only the special get invited. So you can be in the special group. I'm not sure if you are, but you should be, because <laughs> I put all my sandbox talk in there. Oh. So... I'm also running a 30-day challenge, financial declutter challenge for the month of February. And if anyone would like to be a part of that, you're going to be my guinea pig. And at the end of 30 days, your finances will be completely in order and you will understand exactly where everything is at. Those things that you've been like, oh, I need to get to that, you'll get to it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we, we put up all the information so you can find uh, Renee. You can connect with us through our social media and uh, through our Facebook and website. Great. Thank you, ladies. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it again. Tangled up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 105.9 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday. Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air. Weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is nutritionist and personal trainer Kirsten Bedard, who just wrote a book called Read This Before You Diet, and it's out now, so welcome to what she said. Thank you. Um, This isn't a diet book. This is a book that you're supposed to read before going on a diet. Why do we need to read a book before going on a diet? Uh, The reason I wrote this is because a lot of the people I was working with were following diets, and they would pick up a diet follow it for a while, put it down, pick up another one, follow it, put it down, without really understanding what the principles behind those diets were. So the intention of this book is to provide some of the science of diets so that when somebody begins one, they actually understand what it is that the diet is attempting to do. So you offer up three key principles, and within those principles, six strategies. Uh, for each of them. So let's go through them as, as best we can. The, 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 three, the three overriding principles are stabilize, minimize, and exercise. Correct. So stabilize, that's where you tackle insulin, blood sugar, and, and the dreaded carb, right? Yeah. Stabilize is an important thing because our, all of our energy levels are affected by blood sugar, mm-hmm. but body fat is also stored relating to blood sugar. So insulin... Um, 
is released into the bloodstream. It is a very necessary component for absorbing calories into cells and using um, calories for energy, but high insulin levels can also lead to storage of body fat. So in order to even begin to lose weight, it's important to first stop storing calories. Mm -hmm. So stabilizing blood sugar is really important to, um, to make sure that all the calories you're eating are actually being used as fuel rather than being stored as fat then you can go on to the next one of minimizing. Okay, so if we go through through in some of the stable, eat veggies for your carbs. So yes. don't be piling, <laughs> that sugary cereal at breakfast is not a good plan. Yeah, and that's because of glucose density. Uh, vegetables have less glucose density, more fiber, more water mm. than other carbohydrates, such as things that are simple or higher forms of sugar. Um, mm -hmm. Even grains, while they are whole, are more glucose dense. Mm -hmm. So they are going to have a bigger effect on blood sugar levels because of the density of sugar molecules. But everything seems to go backwards and forwards. One, one minute it's like low, you know, high carb, low fat. Then it's like more fat, less carbs. I mean, no. how do we find something that, that, that works for us? I really think that a person has to find what works for them. This is one way to do it, mm -hmm. um, but definitely people will lose weight eating a higher carbohydrate diet, and some people will lose weight eating virtually no carbohydrates. So they they all can work. Uh, it depends on the person, and this is one way of going about it that isn't an extreme. It's not extremely low carbohydrate, and it's mm -hmm. also not high carbohydrate. Okay, so uh, just to go through those things, so eat veggies for your carbs, counterbalance with good proteins and fat. Uh, eat fat. Eat fat. Eat fat, good yeah, fats, eat right? Fat, fat I, can, I think of it as the reins on a horse. So you eat food, sugar goes into your bloodstream, and fat basically helps to slow down what is going into the bloodstream so that you help keep your blood sugar levels more steady and stay satiated longer. Okay, the next overriding category is minimize. Um, and shrink lunch would be one of the things in there. That's because we sit all day. Ah. A big part of it is... Sitting is the new smoking, right? Is well, that they say? sitting is something that actually doesn't need a whole ton of energy. And for the most part, we tend to eat a pretty big lunch for the fact that we aren't really moving around a lot all day. So a lot of people would do better with having smaller, a couple smaller meals or small mm -hmm. snack and a lunch. Mm -hmm. during the day so snacking but again the snacks that you have should be good snacks like nuts and seeds yeah, that kind of and stuff. have some protein and some fat and some sugar because a lot of the snacks that are quick tend to be high carbohydrate snacks which can have the opposite effect of what you're going for they spike they drop you're hungry again right it's a bit of a cycle yeah that's what it's like yeah. and the last one is exercise but but i love this i love this be wary of high intensity cardio you're my kind of girl <laughs> i am very wary of high intensity cardio <laughs> people overlook things like walking and just lower intensity ongoing activity mm -hmm. um for people who've been doing that type of high intensity cardio for a long time great their body's already used to it but for someone who's just embarking on exercise or re Mm -hmm. um, embarking on exercise, then there's nothing wrong with starting slower. And because, especially someone trying to lose weight, you are cutting back on calories, so your body is at mm -hmm. a deficit. You're forcing your brain to get your body to take from its own resources. The higher intensity the exercise is, the more stress you're going to be adding onto your system. So mm -hmm. a bit of it is to be nice to your brain. It's interesting <laughs> because I just heard about a study that said exactly that, that mm. um, just plain walking and not even high intensity is much better than high intensity cardio for you and in the long run mm -hmm. for every single part of your body. I want to talk to you a little bit about how our brains react, the brain patterns of eating mm -hmm. to certain foods. Well, the brain releases adrenaline when something stimulates it, right? So sugar can cause an adrenaline, uh, adrenaline release. Ch chocolate? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also causes an insulin release. So often these foods that um, feel good, give us a little boost, can also boost insulin higher than we want it to. So it's a bit of a tricky thing playing with the brain because some of the things we like don't necessarily work in the long run. So a bit of it is uh, getting the brain to be more willing to have less stimulating foods. So it, it is more than calories in, calories out. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely it is. Because if it was only calories in, calories out, then you could just eat anything you want and cut, just cut back calories, cut back calories, except uh, you will be bombarded all day long by your brain telling you that you're hungry or that it wants this or that it wants that. So mm -hmm. then it comes down to willpower, which willpower only lasts so long. Mm -hmm. So what you sort of want is for your brain to say, all right, I'm okay with, I'm okay with what we're doing here. And it takes a little bit of time, but it happens. So you have clients that have, as you say, have been on every diet under the, under the sun. I mean, and, and some of them very successfully and they can be very different. So what are the core principles? If there is, is there a wrong diet? No, you can't say there's a wrong diet. And I would never say that this is 100% right for everybody because nobody knows that. And look at all the studies that are coming out mm -hmm. every year and well-researched scientific studies. So there is not only one way, but I don't think we can disagree that high insulin levels are related to health. Absolutely. So that's pretty much what this is looking at is the impacts that sugar has on insulin and how that does affect health. And, and that's key of what you're hoping the people will understand from this book, the science behind it. Yes, and that there is a, a simple way of looking at it and understanding what is actually happening within the body as you're losing weight. Even mm -hmm. just being able to visualize it, I think helps people feel more connected to what's actually going on in the body. So, um, Little changes, little changes, but as long as you stick with those little changes. Yeah, there is, an, there is consistency, but those little changes are not easy because it's, it's really not easy for someone who has had very high amounts of sugar every meal throughout the day, even if they seemingly are from good sources. Someone who's been having a bowl of cereal and toast and jam and a big sandwich for lunch, it's hard to make, to make those changes. So even mm -hmm. though it seems easy, just stop having that. Not so easy. Yeah, no, it so isn't. Easy. It isn't. I no. have, yeah, you know, my willpower is very lacking. <laughs> but it's <laughs> also to be inspired. Our, I think we often eat with our eyes too. Yeah, yeah, we eat with our eyes and we eat with um, boredom and mm -hmm. stress boredom and irritation. And, yeah, and, and there's all these other and reasons. Habits. And to yeah. keep going. Like I yeah. found yeah. You know, working a lot. It was like a keep to keep fueled and not fueling myself correctly. So um, it's it's a little book. It is it's a little, little book. It's a little book in size, <laughs> yeah. but it's definitely got some big ideas. It's called Read This Before You Die, The Science of Weight Loss Explain. How do people get hold of a copy? Uh, you can order it on Amazon. You can get it at Indigo or Ben McNally Books. Mm -hmm. Those are probably the easiest places to find it now. So and what's next for you, another book? Uh, I am working on another book that ties in somewhat to this. We talked about walking, so that's the theme of something I'm working on now. That's Ooh. good. Mm -hmm. It's the reason I have a dog, mm -hmm. to make me walk. <laughs> me <too. laughs> or that's the reason she has me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Ker uh, Kirsten Bedard, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is what she said, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. For the vast majority of people, there's something about how they look that they are less than happy with. For me, it was my smile. I took a tumble down the stairs when I was a child, losing both of my front teeth, resulting in a very lopsided smile. Fast forward 20 plus years. With my wedding fast approaching, I decided to check out the possibility of having this fixed. Dr. Cohen, the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry, gave me a smile that has not disappeared since I had the work done. After years of simply grinning, my wedding picture shows me smiling broadly. Maple Ridge Dentistry is affordable, fast, and makes the process easy. If your smile does not represent you in the best light, Call Dr. Coe at 905-832-9008. Let the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry give you a smile you love. Go online at mapleridgedentistry.ca and change how the world sees you. Tell them Michael sent you. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. I see golden shadows flicker in the night. There's a change coming. Everything's gonna be Everything's gonna be alright. I see 
listening to is I See Gold by Juno Award-winning Toronto folk trio Good Lovelies. Welcome to Carrie and Sue, and we have lost Caroline Brooks. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. That's the title of the next record. <laughs> she fell victim to a Canadian winter. What are you going to do? Yeah. So you celebrated 10 years since your first performance together just last year. What would you say is the secret to sticking together after all of that? We've just talked about uh, Kate and I, and you guys have known one another since. Sue and I have known each other since we were eight and nine years old, so back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. back in the <laughs> 80s. Back then. Yeah, our well, band you knew had... one another then, but when yeah. but singing together. Singing, we started at the end of high school. We were about 18, and we would go uh, to Carrie's church late at night and get out the key. microphones and uh, <laughs> have a real, real rocking Friday night uh, singing <laughs> Singing alone Sue at the is church. telling you all yeah. our secrets. <laughs> and just, but so, maybe that's but, one of the secrets. But what like is the secret to staying together? Humor, for one. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and and Res- open communication. Respect. respect. Yeah. Ultimately, like, you know, we have, like, we have crazy lives. Uh, Sue has a son who's two years old almost, and I live in Newfoundland now. Uh, that wasn't the, always the case, but, uh, you know, you've got to make it work, so you have to... Struggle, like struggle through some of that stuff at first. Like, hey guys, I have to come from Newfoundland, so I'm gonna fly in five days early in case there's a snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> well, your new album, yeah. Shapeshifters, comes out February 9th. So, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is a brand new direction for us. Uh, we sort of a building block from our last record, which for us, you know, we we started it as a folk band. We each mm-hmm. had banjo, mandolin, and acoustic guitar, and. As we've progressed, we've we actually it's been 11 years as a band um, as of December 15th last year. So we're pretty thrilled that now it's all synths, <laughs> keyboards, electric guitars, drums. Yeah. You know, it's bigger and the it's banjo and, and the mandolin have been left at home. They're like they're yeah. they're this they're just, quiet. They're just kind of leaving the the room a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So the new records a, a got a little bit more of a pop feel to it rather than the the old folky stuff. That being said, at the forefront is always the harmonies that the three of us do. So yeah. it's still a good Lovelies record. Yeah. Now, you also just announced that you'll be joining Royal Wood as a very special guest for his Massey Hall show on Friday, May 11th. Is this your first time playing Hall? It yes, is. first yeah, it time at be. Massey, and it's an honor to do it too. Yeah. And then you um, renovated and Massey just, Hall. Well, yeah. just before they start the renovations. Oh, just yeah. before they start. So the yeah. renovations will happen after the show. Oh, so we just we'll sneak in oh. before all the big changes. Yeah, yeah. It's be well, cool. very exciting. We want to know uh, how people can connect with you online and get hold of your music. So mm-hmm. what? What's all the handles? Yeah. Well, right now we're doing a pre-order campaign for our CD up until it comes out on the 9th. And you can go to our website, Good Lovelies, um, Good Love Lies, is how you spell it, dot com. And that's the best way to find the record right now. We good. are Good Lovelies yeah. everywhere. We're everywhere. We're Instagram, at, at good Twitter. Lovelies. Yeah, we're dash slash. Awesome. Well, yeah. we are everywhere too. So be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. We will be back tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But we are going to leave you now with... Take Me, Take Me by Good Lovelies. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.